All right, Eric, quit shuffling papers. I can hear you back there. <laughs> Between that and Timmy's fucking click it, click, 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 typing. Which his new mic is good. I don't have to hear that anymore. But, which I much appreciate you getting a new microphone, by the way. It's much, much better. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the South End Zone podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm here with uh, Timmy Popovich and Eric Mulher as part of the usual. Timmy, what are you doing? Uh, I'm recording a podcast currently at the moment. What about you? <laughs> pretty, pretty much the same. I'm I'm uh, hanging out in enemy territory for work. I'm in Opelika, Alabama, which is like five seconds from Auburn's campus. So uh, seems, seems to be a trend for you. Every time we seem to talk to you, you're in enemy territory. I know. It seems that way. I, I did get to work in Tuscaloosa for like a month last year, but uh, you know it wasn't football season, so not much fun. You better Nobody be careful. They're going to revoke your Alabama fan card here in a minute. <laughs> I know. Between hanging out in Clemson and hanging out in Auburn, it's not it's not looking good. But I did find out why Auburn's football team sucks so bad on a regular basis. It's because the water in Opelika tastes like shit. And I don't know why. I mean, it tastes like straight seawater. Like I'm, I feel like I'm in Florida. I was not aware of that. <laughs> Neither was I until I, you know, went to brush my teeth and was like, "Ugh, what's that taste?" Anyway, <laughs> Eric, what's going on, man? I defeated the purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, you know, I'm me three. I'm also recording a podcast right now. So, uh, yeah, it, it's good keeping busy, and uh, the summer marches on. Indeed. Well, I think we're about 85 days out from uh, college football. But uh, before we get to that point, uh, I wanted to do this, and I know we've all kind of collectively wanted to take a stab at this. Uh, so today, uh, for our listeners, I'm going to play college football god, and that's what uh, that's how this podcast is going to go. Uh, and I'm going to elect a college football commissioner today. I have two candidates. Eric and Timmy are going to be vying for who gets to run college football. They're going to be the college football commissioners. So I'm going to be their judge, jury, and, well, I'm going to execute one of them when we're done here. So uh, we're going to, you know, talk about some things we like about the sport, and if you guys were the commissioner, you would decree they would never change, and then we'll take a break, and then after that we're going to talk about some things we don't fucking like. You guys can give me your solutions to those problems. So with that being said, it wouldn't be, you know, south end zone podcast without having a competition so good luck we're gonna go one at a time and we're gonna do three things each so i'm gonna start with timmy timmy if you're a college football commissioner what's the first thing that you would decree that you like the most and you do not want to see change my number one thing is the college replay system um, as you know opposed to what the NFL has you know in college you know for those of you who aren't aware of how it works in the NFL maybe you don't watch it I don't know but in in the NFL essentially you have you know coaches challenge which you use at any point during the game you get one in each half and then anything inside of two minutes has to come from the booth I think that's fucking dumb the way the college does it is the right answer where everything is reviewable at any time. You don't have any of this challenge flag horse shit. You know, the guys up in the booth, they feel like the play needs to be reviewed. They're going to stop and they're going to review it. And by and large, when they do a review, they get it done quickly in college. You know, very few times do, do I flip on a game on a Saturday and sit there and go, Jesus Christ, this review's taken 45 minutes and they still fucked it up. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like they just they got it right and they do it quickly so it doesn't burden the game. Um, so that's the first thing that I'm, I'm keeping around. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that. Uh, I mean, college, I don't necessarily have an issue with the NFL replay system that, you know, in large. But the games don't go any faster than college games. They're still, you know, three and a half hours long sometimes. So, I you know. To me, it's like, why not review every play? I, I like that idea of every play should be reviewable. Now, the only, and Eric, I, kn I know you probably agree with this, sometimes they do review things a little too much, uh, you know, and most of that I think comes from the referees because they don't see the play on the field. But I think Tim's on to it where they do get it done relatively quickly. 
Yeah, I, I don't hate it either. I think what I what I dislike most about the NFL replay system is that only certain plays are viewable and others are not. So even if it's playing this day to everyone in the stadium that, hey, they gooned this call up, but you know, there's no recourse. You know, the challenge flag and the limit and all that, I'm, I'm fine with that because it's, it's a rule that everyone agreed on and everyone's playing by, but the, well, that play is not reviewable. It just makes no sense. Well, like, why do we have the rule then if we can't, if we can't, if, you know, if we don't have a way to make sure we get, get it right. And um, yeah, NFL replay seems, has always seemed to me kind of like, a, you know, placating people who complained about not having replay. And that's kind of what it's centered around the NFL. And in college, it's more centered around, let's get this call right so that the officials aren't swinging the game one way or the other on accident. So I, I agree with Tim as much as I hate to say it. Is the, the college replay system is much, much better. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are my, my two biggest points where, like you said, they're, they're geared around getting the call right and the fact that everything is reviewable. There's no ambiguity on, you know, well, you know, is this review? Well, who gives a shit? It's fucked up. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, hardcore. I agree. Great point. Good start. Solid entry. All right, Eric, what do you got? Give me your first decree as college football commissioner. Uh, my first decree, and this may be unpopular and get me fired day one, but uh, what I like most about college football is the longstanding rivalries between schools that you don't get in outside of Yankees, Red Sox, really. You don't get it in professional sports when you compare it to like Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma type. So in that uh, in that vein, my first rule would be uh, I would put a freeze on conference realignments because Ooh. that's that's where we're starting to get schools are kind of moving their way out of those traditional rivalries, even not like the big famous ones. Um, you know, I'd rather see you know like Iowa, Nebraska, or I'm not even like uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma. You know, back when I was a kid, it was always a big game. Well, they haven't played much lately since Nebraska moved, right? For as an example, um, you know, we've got you know Texas and Oklahoma moving soon, and so now. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, right? The Bedlam game might go away. And that's one of my favorite favorites. The prime example of this is Texas A&M and Texas. They hate each other's guts, and they haven't played since, what, 2011, 2010? Well, that brings me to a question for the the commissioner-to-be. So what would you do about those teams that have – legitimate long-standing rivalries where the two teams are in different conferences, you know, because at that point it's up to the schools to agree upon their non-conference schedule. You know, like you said, Texas, Texas A&M, I'm thinking about Pitt, West Virginia, you know, that game hadn't been played in what fucking 10, 11 years because they couldn't agree on it. What what would you do about that? So I don't have a good answer for you on how, how I put that toothpaste back in the tube, right. For, for rivalries (laughs) that have kind of, realigned their Uh-oh. way out but you know as of uh you know whatever june 1st 2022 right no more realignment right so texas and oklahoma you're staying where you're at um, all right i'm running the ad campaign on you you're waffling over here <laughs> well i'm just saying going forward right you know i can't say no more realignment and then realign conferences i mean i guess i could if i'm the commissioner but it'd be kind of a dick move um, well, no, if I was the commission, I would just mandate, hey, you two assholes, you're going to play each other yeah, every year, whether you playing. like it or not. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, that, that kind of oh, leads, man. that could that could be solved uh, with my second rule I would enact, which we'll get to in a minute. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Hey, yeah, that's something. Mm, solid entry. I, I do like the longstanding rivalries. I do think that is what one of the major things that makes college football unique. And I think we should try to hold on to what we can that makes the sport unique versus other sports. I think that's what makes it great. So, all right. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> man, round one. I, well, I'll save my scores for the end, but that, secret ballot. Good, yeah, it's a good start. So, uh, Tim, round two, give me your second decree. What do you got? All right. The second thing that isn't going anywhere uh, in college is the wide hash marks. It might seem a, a little bit like, what the f- does that have to do with anything? Well, it actually plays a pretty significant role in the kicking realm. 
um, if you think about it. The reason that I like it is because I think it rewards the defense for holding on a drive deep into their own territory because not all of those kicks are automatic from those, you know, the, the wide hash. You know, it could be a 20-yard field goal, but you're going from damn near the sideline, and, you know, that's not automatic kick. And I like that it adds a little bit of drama and suspense to some of those, you know, quote, chip shot field goals that – you know, in the NFL, obviously they're, you know, professional kickers, but they're also kicking from dead center of the field every time. So I like the wide hash marks and I think it adds a, a competitive element to the game. Agree. I mean, that uh, college kickers miss. They do. They miss a lot. So making it tougher on them, I agree. And, uh, you know, it also prepares them a little bit more for the next level. They've made tougher kicks in college than they have, like you say, kicking towards the middle of the field. So I like that element to it. Eric, what say you? You think that's a good good thing to have the wide hash marks, or do you prefer the NFL style? I, I would keep the wide hash marks because in, in addition to what Timmy said about rewarding the defense for, for getting the stop down there, it also rewards the offense, right, when they decide to go for it on fourth and one instead of you know, kicking an 18-yard field goal or whatever. So I, I think uh, knowing that there's that, that little extra added degree of difficulty, uh, which is, I mean, if you guys have ever, you know, high school fields are the same way. Um, it's just that the, the goalposts are a little bit wide. I think they're a foot and a half wider than in college. But if you've ever gone out to like the 20-yard line and stand on the right hash and imagine trying trying to kick at that angle, you know, it, it looks a, it is worlds different when you're, when you're standing there looking at those goalposts than it does when you're sitting up at the stands looking at it. And you're like, God, how do you, how do you pull that left? I, I, go down there and look. And I, I promise you, you'll understand how you pull that one left. Ask Manny Diaz. He's got a funny story about that. It was yours for the taking and you choke. Well, and that's something, that's something I was going to say. And it also can cost some teams when they try to take a negative two yard loss and center the ball up and the kicker biffs it, you know? Yeah. I think so. the more you can discourage teams for, from, from playing for a field goal and, and being that conservative, it's just, it's more interesting when teams are, are a little more aggressive and going for it to me. Agree. So yeah, yeah it's a pretty good one for Timmy. He's he's actually got a couple of pretty solid ones. I'm proud of him. I know that, he prepared. I know, man. Come, he came oh, with his, okay. Yeah, Padre <laughs> came with his guns loaded this time, man. So let let's go, Eric. You better come with some fire in round two. What's your second decree? Uh, my second decree uh, is loosely tied to my first decree. Uh, really, the one of the goals with my second one is to make my first one more feasible. So some of those non-conference rivalry games that aren't played as much anymore, what's the easiest way to get back, you know, get those back in is to do them non-conference. Well, my second decree would be that all FBS teams will play an eight-game conference schedule, all conferences, and uh, I would be hereby banning all FBS, FCS games. So now Pitt, you know what? You got you got four four spots to figure out how you're going to get the Mountaineers in there on your schedule again, right? A&M, Texas, mm. same way. So eight conference games, uh, four non-conference games, no FCS opponents. And, you know, I get that the FCS schools kind of depend on those games to to meet their budget and all that. And coaches love it because it might give them a chance to see, hey, you know, how much progress is my my redshirt freshman linebacker making, right? And get him in the game and, and get those younger guys reps. Um, yeah, I, I get all that. Also, I don't care. Those games are trash and I don't want to watch them anymore. I want winners. Yeah. Outside of the 43 people who go to Furman, you know, does anybody give a shit when they play an FBS school? No, absolutely not. No. I wholeheartedly agree with that take. Um, Eric, that's that's about as solid as you can get there. So no disagreements from anybody on removing the trash games. I think that's a, a staple that needs to happen. So we're going to move forward on to round three. So, Timmy, give me your third and final decree. Um, the third thing that I have that is not going anywhere is the college rule for how many feet you need inbounds to rule it a catch, which is one foot. It, it's never made sense to me why it requires one foot to be out of bounds, but two feet to be inbounds in the NFL. Like, are you fucking kidding me? If I'm in my backyard and I lay out and catch a ball and get one foot down and I still hold on to the ball, I caught the fucking ball, okay? And that's all I need to do. So one foot down inbounds is a catch, bottom line. Yeah, I, I don't dislike that. I, I think one foot out of bounds 
one or excuse me, one foot inbounds. I think that's a, a solid entry. I, I like that. I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with it having to have two feet inbounds. Like I think it makes it tougher, but to me, like that's what the pros are for. That's why those guys get fucking paid. Now college players are getting paid. If you want to up the ante and make it to where they have to have two feet inbounds, that's one thing, but I would probably, I could be talked into it either way, but I'm happy with it as it is. I mean, Eric, I know you kind of. Yeah, that was one of three that I was kind of bouncing back and forth on uh, for my third one. I was like, okay, it's going to be one of these three, depending on what he chooses. Mm. Well, in that case, what's your third? Give me your third decree. Um, This is a rule that has come up every couple of years that people think, oh, we should change this to match the NFL. And my rebuttal is, uh, no, the hell you should not. Uh, and that is stopping the clock to reset chains on first down. You know, especially you get, you get down to the last two minutes and it it incentivizes teams pushing the ball down the field, you know, instead of just running five-yard out patterns trying to get out of bounds, right? Knowing that, hey, if I hit this guy across the middle, as long as he gets six yards, the clock stops for a couple seconds. We can call a play in. We can get everyone set and not burn a whole lot of time. And that's just, like I said, every know, two, three years, someone says, oh, we should change this. And no, we shouldn't. Keep it. I'm perfectly happy with the clock pretty much as it is. I mean, Timmy, do you, do you have a rebuttal to that? No, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's not like soccer where you get to the end of the game and there's, you know, additional time added for stoppage time from, you know, the referees blowing plays dead and whatnot. You know, like Eric said, it's rewarding the team that's going down on a drive and, and not penalizing them because some fucking 70-year-old is running down the sideline with a pair of chains. Like, it's not my fault that that guy can't hoof it fast enough and I'm sitting, on you know, lined up on the ball. You know, that's just not fair. So I, I like the fact that it stops and it, it doesn't resume until it's actually ready to play. So I, I agree. Well, and I, I think, and to that point, I, I, I'm not sure it would be feasible to try and keep the clock running like I think you would kill so many drives and so many like last second wins because college offenses move so fast. Yeah, once you start injecting a spike every like third play, it's just <sighs> yeah. Know, the last the last two minutes last two minutes of an NFL game, if it's close, take ten or twelve minutes. It's yeah. Like, no, get get the ball and and do something with it. Yeah. Um, I'm just not a fan of that. So keep it. Mm. I like it. Well, that's uh, that's three solid entries, boys. I, I mean, that's, shoo, man, that's pretty dead even. The, I'm not sure which one of you fuckers is going to get to be the commissioner, but uh, um, I don't know that I'd lay eight to five on either one of you yet. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear on the other side of this what's going away, because I think that's going to be what's going to determine uh, here, because I think you've both made solid points. What you're going to remove from the sport is what's going to determine this, I think. So uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with you. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, and boom, you can have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details. Welcome back to the South End Zone. All right, boys, it's time. So we have discussed and decreed what will be sticking around in college football. And uh, you guys both made some very good, compelling arguments there. 
I don't think any of us really disagree or I don't know that many people would really disagree with any of that. Maybe they would. Maybe it's controversial. And if you're a listener, hey, feel free to hit us on Twitter. And uh, it's uh, at South End Zone Pod. And let us know what you think. What would you change or what would you keep the same? So, uh, Timmy, you went first uh, in the first round talking about what we were keeping. So, Eric, I'm going to let you go first in this side of the argument. Tell me the first thing that you're booting out. What's getting the fuck out of college football? First thing I'm changing. I'm not getting rid of it, uh, but I'm 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 tweaking it a little bit, and that is obviously the targeting rule. Uh, yep. Oh shit. So, and I'm I'm like 95 percent sure if Timmy had gone first that this would be his answer as well. It just kind of <laughs> absolutely. To be my turn. <laughs> um. So here's, I don't have a problem with the the focus and the emphasis that has been placed on eliminating those those types of hits right i'm not interested in seeing a 20 year old kid get brain damage just like anyone else is not but um the the way they that rule is enforced and penalized it is it doesn't make sense to me so there we need to enact some sort of process to determine uh kind of intent and really instead of just this happened this guy's out of the game or this guy's out of the first half of next game because um, these guys are just moving way too fast for to to avoid every single one of these. Yeah, they're right? trying the, to make vast, a play. They're trying to make a play. Yeah, and it's you know when when the guys are really kind of over the line with it as far as you know when you get into the launching and the crown of the helmet and you know so, sometimes you see a guy he's going straight at the head and his arms are like down at his chest like he's not trying to tackle someone he's trying to light a guy up. Yeah. Right. Fine. Eject that guy. Right. That's that's what we're trying to eliminate to begin with. Uh, so I, I would institute uh, a similar, and this isn't some real original idea. It's been talked about a lot in a lot of different places for a while, but some sort of system like the NBA has for flagrant one and flagrant two, right? They assign a level of severity to it, right? And there, there absolutely are hits that would be like, Hey, that, that guy needs to sit, right? Or he needs to, he needs to sit next week for the first half because there's four minutes left in here and he just knocked a guy out. But a lot of them was like, this guy's trying to make a tackle and the guy went down. Like he can't stop himself, right? And I get that you don't want to com- you know, completely let it go. Fine, give him the fifteen, give him the first down. But that that's not a guy who needs to to be sitting for a week. So, uh, not uh, eliminating the targeting rule, but uh, overhauling the kind of enforcement of it, I think is is a must for the NCA because it's it's not working right now. All right, so I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit here. Uh oh. So I agree with 90% of everything you said. It was all the same points that, that I would have made. Um, but the only thing that, that I wouldn't do that you mentioned was, you know, the on the spot kind of assessment for intent and flagrant in nature. I don't think that that's something that you're able to do with consistency through the replay hood. Um, I'm not opposed to, you know, severely egregious plays where the referee has the authority to eject somebody from the game. But I think those types of things are more suited for a supplemental discipline review type thing where it happens during the week and the NCAA gets a chance to, you know, watch the film and judge, you know, a player's history um, and things of that nature where they can take all that stuff into account and decide whether or not he needs to sit for the next game or the next two games or whether or not he even comes back, you know, and that can, you know, curb some of the the behavior where you get a kid who does it, you know, three games in a row. Well, guess what? You know, you're going to be sitting for the rest of the year, bud. Mm. Both solid arguments, but man, I, I don't know that you should be able, I mean, it's one thing like the NFL, they don't eject players, they fine them, but you can't do that in college because the schools aren't paying them money. So you can't fine a kid. All you can do is eject him. I would say in the NFL, if it was, you know, blatant and just completely obvious, like somebody launched themselves like a missile at Tom Brady's head. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have the authority to eject them under unsportsmanlike conduct grounds or something of that nature. Um, so I wouldn't say that. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, that, I think in the NFL, I think in the NFL, you have to get a second unsportsmanlike that, to get ejected. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's two unsportsmanlikes and they get ejected. I think so. I don't know, but that that rule See, definitely needs to be visited. Targeting. Oh God, it's a terrible rule. They need to completely overhaul it 
or just get rid of it. I know why it's there. It's there because of the lawsuits and all the CTE stuff. And, you know, like you said, Eric, I'm all for players not getting brain damage. We don't want to see that. It's terrible. It's sad. But at the same time, there, there's there got to be a hard line drawn somewhere because football is a violent sport. And like you said, you can't stop sometimes from annihilating a guy. If a guy, if a running back lowers his head, it's okay for him. They're not going to call targeting on the running back when he lowers his head and barrels it right into the face mask of somebody trying to tackle him. But if the defender lowers his head and buries it right into the running back's face mask, it's a penalty. It's bullshit. To me, you just got to come up with some kind of fair balance. I think all the points you made were great. You know, there are some unanswered questions there that would have to be kind of worked out and figured out. I don't know. We'd have to dive into it deeper. Uh, but that's another episode for another time. Timmy, what's the first thing you're booting out of college football? So knowing in advance that targeting would be the first one discussed on, on this end of the, the segment, I, I went ahead and came up with three other ones. So my, uh, my first one that I'm going to, like Eric said, not get rid of but modify is the rule on pass interference. Uh, I hate the fact that it's a 15-yard penalty. It needs to be a spot foul. There's just too much incentive for the defender who gets burned on a 40-yard post to just haul the guy down because, you know, he's only going to give up 15 yards. He, he just netted his team, you know, 30 yards. You know, that was a smart play by dragging him to the ground. Yeah, or six points. Right. You know, it, it, it doesn't incentivize the defender to actually play defense, and if he gets beat, he gets beat. You know, he can just haul somebody down, and, and at the end of the day, it's only 15 yards. Depending on where you are in the field, that could be a huge difference. So that's got to change. Yeah, pass interference, it, it seems like it's become a much, much, much more frequent penalty over the last five years. And I, I think in large, you know, me being a college football god today, I would say we need less pass interference penalties called because it seems like, and you see it all the time, where ultimately if a team is, you know, it's third and 20, they just run a deep post or, you know, a go route and just huck it up and hope for pass interference. You see it all the time. And six out of 10 plays, there's a flag, you know, and it's like all the offering off, all the receiver would have to do is just kind of bump into the guy and get tangled up a little bit. And you can easily manipulate and get a call. I mean, I think we see it all the time. So to me, I do agree that it probably needs to be a spot foul. I could be talked into 15-yard penalties, say if you're on your own the um, if you're on your own side of the 50. But for a deep bomb like that, I think you're right on point. But I think in general, pass interference just we need to see less of it. I mean, Eric, do you agree or disagree with what we're saying? Well, you should know that the only and that's not it's not really like a point of disagreement the the only kind of caution i would throw out there is i i think there are more teams who like you said just it's less about how can i get 15 yards and more about well i'm just going to throw it up and then hope i get a call now the the actual what is and is not pass interference should probably be looked at because it's um, like you said it's it's all over the place tough to to watch more than a series without seeing one feels like. Yeah. And that, I think that's designed to favor high scoring offenses, you know, so that we get more touchdowns and more TV viewers and all of that. We get 50, 50 to 49 versus 27 to 20. Yeah. I, in general. Yeah. I think, I think spot foul. Um, Cause you know, for all the reasons Timmy laid out, it's just the one thing I think you maybe buy yourself when it's a spot foul is what you kind of see in the NFL. You know, especially if a guy jumps and they get kind of that free play. Well, now I'm throwing it because even even if it's incomplete, I get the five yards. Or maybe I get the pass interference. I could take that penalty instead of the, the offsides. Or, you know, he just catches it and there's really no downside. So if, if I had to choose between spot foul and 15, I'd probably take spot foul because I think it's the current rule does, like Timmy said, uh, kind of dis, disincentivize the defense to actually just you know, roll over coverage on a guy or not get beat off the snap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could tackle him and save a touchdown. That's, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. All right. Well, that being said, Eric, what are you booting out of college football? Uh, one of the things, and this, this seems to be a more common occurrence in the last, I would say two years. Um, I'm noticing it a lot more than, than before. And that is when you see a team kind of 
pick up the pace and the tempo on offense and go play to play to play to play to play. And then suddenly there's someone on the field, <laughs> just mean, an abs- absolute misery. Yeah. Um, and the game stops for five minutes. You know, they got to help the guy off. He's limping. What happens three plays later? Tristan, I can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> three plays later, he's back in there. Right. See, so, you know, if you watch, uh, so I saw it a lot this year, this this past year in um, games I was watching with like Old Miss or Wake Forest or Tennessee, where once they start going play to play to play to play, you know, every other play, there's a guy down in the field. And then that guy's back two, two plays later, right? And a lot of times it's the same guy, like two or three times on a drive. So new rule, uh, if, if play stops because you need to help off the field, you're out for that series. Because then what happens is you get the home crowd and they assume that the guy's faking it because they want they want to slow down the offense and get him out of the rhythm. So now you've got a potentially injured college student on the ground, maybe in pain, maybe not. But now he's getting booed by 80,000 people. And that's just a terrible, terrible look. You know, it, it, I know it was, uh, there was a little bit of a back and forth with Kirk Ferentz and James Franklin because it happened in a Penn State-Iowa game. <laughs> where, you know, a guy was hurt and he ended up missing like six weeks. Uh, but the crowd's booing him because they think, oh, well, he's just, he's faking it because he wants to slow down the offense. And, you know, I, I don't want to see it happen first off. And then I don't want to see people assume he's faking it and then booing an injured football player. I just, I don't like it. So, it, you know, if, if you're hurt, by all means, get out of the game. You shouldn't be out there because you're just going to get hurt worse. But you can't come right back in. You're sitting that series. Yeah, I mean, you could make a... I mean, you could make some kind of stipulation where they don't co- get to come back in like until the clock stops again or until someone takes a timeout or, you know, whatever. I don't know. You could do something there. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're you're on the right track. I mean, I think maybe the whole rest of the series might be a little bit too harsh, maybe like five plays, 10 plays, maybe a snap limit, something like that. But definitely something to disincentivize the ability for that kid to go down, take one play off and then come right back on because that, you know, we see that a lot. You're right. And and it's horseshit. Yeah. But the other, the other part of that is, is correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I do believe that the referees have the authority to, you know, throw a flag for delay of game. Do they not? They do, but but I mean, they're not going to do that. They can't. They're what are you going to do? Like a kid's laying there, like, ow, my leg hurts. You're going to be like, ah, delay a game. <laughs> you know? Hey, man, if I'm out there and I see the same kid flop three plays in a row, you bet your ass I'm dropping a flag and I'm going to tell him you better stay on the sideline this time, son. Because if I see you come back in here, you're getting another one if you flop. Mm. Yeah, I, the, my my thing with the with the play limit is is like I don't know who who we expect to track that is all. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, I, I would say, you know, five plays t- or six players or pick a, an arbitrary number, but well, who tracks that? And then what happens if a guy, you know, say we make the rule five, the guy comes back on play four. Well, then, then, then what? It gets missed. And then now people, oh, well, this guy came back. Probably doesn't affect the play, but you know, so just yeah, it's sit the a, series. It's a tough sale. I mean, I remember playing high school football and like I separated my shoulder and I went out and you know, I laid there on the field for a minute. They you know, got me up, took me off the field, and they put my shoulder back into place right there on the sideline. I puked because it hurt so bad. And two plays later, I was back on the field. <laughs> so, you know, there again, I don't know if that's a good thing. So if a player does get hurt, it should – I think Timmy's onto something where it should be treated like an injury. Like if you're laying down and you're fucking hurt, you should, you know, be out for more than one or two plays because even if say it's a legit injury, he probably doesn't need to come back in two plays later because it's not good for his body. Yeah. And that, that's my thing is like, if, if you're hurt by all means, get out of the game. Like you're only going to get hurt worse. You know, let's stop the game. Let's get right. this guy out of here. You know, he's hurt. But when it's, when we say that, and then two plays later, he's right back in there. 60 seconds ago, he was hurt. You know, he, he was writhing around on the ground like he just got shot, right? But now he's out here, <laughs> you know, chasing Matt Corral around. Like, what? which is it? It can't be both. So, yeah, I agree. Mm, good, solid stuff. I like that. That's a good one I would not have thought about. Good call. Timmy, what's uh, what's your number two thing you're booting out of college football? 
All right, so this one may or may not be controversial, um, and it's in the same vein as something Eric mentioned earlier in regards to conferences. I would set a limit on the number of teams in each conference, uh, and I would set that number at 12. Um, I feel like that's the right number. You know, you're going to have people say, you know, well, what about all these realignments and teams coming in? Well, at that point, you know, you want Texas and OU to come to the SEC. Well, then maybe SEC Commissioner Mann, you got to take a hard look and maybe Vandy and Mississippi State get voted off the island. You got to cut some fat here because, you know, look at teams like Vandy, Duke, Kansas, Northwestern, Rutgers. I mean, do we really think they belong in big time conferences? Um, They're just dead weight. Um, If you want to stay with the big dogs and the big conferences, then quit sucking and earn your spot. We suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. At, at this point, those teams are just riding the teat of the conferences and collecting a paycheck. So, like I said, if if another team wants to come into your conference, you better hope and pay that, pray that you haven't sucked for the last 10 years because you're getting voted off. I'm sorry. That's the way it needs to be. <laughs> Uh, Commissioner Popovich taking a hard fucking line, boy. You better not suck. You better show up with your guns loaded, or you're gonna get booted out of your conference. So you want a so you want a soccer esque league where it might uh, you might get voted out of the league if you're boofing it for four years. You know. Yeah, and I think it might curb a little bit of this constant, you know, conference realignment where, you know, we're ending up with 43 teams in the SEC. I mean, if you have a limit on the number of 12 and, you know, at that point, the commissioner can say, I know you want to come here, but I'm not kicking any of these other teams out because I don't think you're better than them. So sorry, next time, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Eric, I don't know what you think about this. I kind of actually agree with this on some level, you know, fiscally speaking, you know, I, I don't know that it it's something that they could do financially to make it work, given that all the other sports that would be involved in this. But if you're specifically talking football, I wholeheartedly agree with that because let, let's be real. Is Missouri ever going to win the fucking SEC? Anyone? You must think I'm dumb. Like in the next five years? No. No. In the next 10? No. 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 Stop. They're never going to fucking win it. They are, just like Tim said, Northwestern, Missouri, Vanderbilt, you know, teams like that. They're riding the coattails of the fucking rich schools and they're collecting a paycheck. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's a hard line. I don't know how you'd make it work, but. I think it's a good starting point. I don't well, know. Well, so I have a question for Commissioner Popovich. What are you naming the the new the the eleventh FBS conference that you just created? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. But there there would be an, an element where you have to you know put those extra teams in different conferences. Um, but I think that creates a scenario where you can end up with some more competitive conferences and create create better games. Well, I mean, yeah, it absolutely can. I'm just. You know, this coming year, there's going to be 131 schools with James Madison. Uh, and I believe Sam Houston State is moving up. So that gives you 132, which means now you got 11 conferences instead of 10. So you got to create one, right, to put your overflow. So are we talking specifically the Power Five conferences here, Commissioner? Is that what we're talking, specifically the Power Five or all conferences? Um, I think initially you could limit it to just the power five. Um, and then if you want to ascend from some of those lower level FBS conferences into the power five, like I said, you got to earn it. And if you know, you're Duke and Notre Dame wants to come to the sec, well, sorry, Duke, you might be going down to the, the Biff league. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's a hard line, but I don't hate it. Bring back the biggies. Mm, Damn. Yeah, bring it back. Let's do it. I like it. Mm, damn. All right. Well, Eric, I don't think anybody wants that back. Oh shit, <laughs> Eric. I hope you hope you brought some some gasoline to throw on this fire for round three. After that, <sighs> Whew, I didn't. Man, what do I you didn't got? bring anything as hard hitting as uh, the the Tim's conference realignment idea and relegating teams and, and kicking out Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna bring up uh, just one slight little rule change that absolutely drives me bonkers because it makes zero sense and it's at all levels of football. Now in this scenario, the only one I can control is college football, but I, I'll take it. Uh, and that is fumbling out 
the back of the end zone or out of bounds in the end zone being a, a turnover and an automatic touchback uh, makes zero sense whatsoever and is total horseshit. Just spot the ball at the spot of the fumble and maintain possession. You're you're rewarding a defense that did not recover the ball. That that ball goes back to the spot if you fumble it out of bounds on any other point in the field. Uh, I don't know why it changes there. What if you made it a touchback, like you brought it out to the 20, but the team that fumbled it maintained possession? Would that be more fair? Uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't hate that. If I had to choose between the current rule and that, then I would take that. So you're just going to spot it at the one yard line or whatever they fumbled at. Well, as opposed to giving the ball to the defense at their own 20 when, you know, you, you didn't recover the ball. And what, where else do you force a fumble, not recover it, and get the ball? You don't. So now, if you want to, yeah, if you I want to move it, move it, it, it is kind of maintain a possession, rule. move it back to the ten. Like I could, I could live with that. And I can point to a specific instance, a couple of them really, where it cost a team a game. Texas A and M and Clemson is one where A and M was about to score. They fumbled it. It went into the end zone. Clemson got it back and held on for the win. And I think that was that was four or five years ago. And uh, Clemson went on to the playoffs that year. And another one was 2010, Alabama-Auburn. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mark Ingram streaking down the sideline. Somebody pops the ball loose at like the five. It rolls into the end zone and then out the side of the end zone, Auburn football. And they ended up coming back and winning. Had Alabama maintained possession, they probably punch it in and win the game. Yeah, I mean, you – you definitely can't reward, you know, the team that fumbled the ball, you know, too much. But at the same time, like like you guys are saying, you can't just reward the defense and just give them an absolute of, oh, that's your ball now. Like, there's got to be a happy medium where you penalize the, the team that fumbled in some way on the spot, um, but they still get to keep the ball because at the end of the day, nobody recovered possession of it. And, you know, the rules everywhere else say that the offense gets to keep the ball in that scenario. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of like that. I think that's a good, solid rule change there, Eric. Uh, so, Timmy, what do you got for your final uh, thing? You're booting out. What are you changing? Uh, the final thing that I'm getting rid of is the overtime system. I hate this two-point goal line drill shit. Um, it's cool in practice, um, but you know, if you tell me that you're satisfied that the better team won in this current format, I think you're smoking crack. I think you go to a better version of what the NFL does in that both teams get a chance to possess the ball in overtime, regardless of whether you kick a field goal or a touchdown and you play it out from there. Um, And and if you get in a position where at the end of 10 minutes in overtime, you're still tied, then by all means, go to the goal line drill. You know, it's kind of like hockey where, you know, albeit they play three on three in the regular season, but if they're still tied at the end of that overtime, then they go into a shootout. By and large, I think people want to see a continuation of the actual game that was being played. They don't want to see some modified version, you know, seven on seven drill from the one yard line. I don't think it it benefits the fans. And at the end of the day, I don't think it really proves who was a better team. I mean, Eric, what I've got some comments on that. What do you, what say you to that? I guess I'm not hundred percent clear on what your actual proposal is other than the current system sucks. Like what, what would you change it to just an extra, extra period and each team gets the ball at least once. Not necessarily. I would modify it. You know, the, currently the NFL says if you get the ball first and you kick a field goal, the other team then gets a shot, basically a mm-hmm. rebuttal, right? But if you score a touchdown, the game's over. I think that's horseshit. I think both teams need to get a chance to possess the ball, whether it's whether you kick a field goal or a touchdown on the first possession. If that happens, you know, the other team still gets a chance. You know, if if you get the ball first and you kick a field goal and the other team gets their chance and they score a touchdown, you know, game over. Or if, you know, you get the ball first and you score a touchdown, they come down and score a touchdown. Well, guess what? Now it's sudden death. All right. So, you know, that's kind of my proposal. Okay. Yeah. I know this came up during the NFL playoffs um, with the Kansas City Buffalo game, right? Where, okay, well, they went down and they scored and uh, Buffalo never got a chance. And I guess my, my kind of stance on overtime is always sort of been because it's you know rules have changed between the nfl and college a couple of times over the last handful of years and i get i never understood why they don't just put 10 minutes on the clock and then play and just 
just play a quarter. You might lose an overtime game. I'm not. You might lose an overtime game by 14. You know, tough shit. You know, or maybe oh well, they got the ball twice, and we only got it once. So well, then you should have played some defense. Like I don't know what to tell you. You know, just just throw 10 minutes on the clock and keep playing. I would prefer that versus the taking turns from the 25. I, I really don't. Now that I've seen it a couple of times, I really I'm with Tim. I don't like the two point play. Now, if you want to say first two overtimes, each team gets a possession from the 25, and then after that, each team gets you know a possession from the 10, maybe. Um, like, but an actual possession, like you know, first and goal from the 10. I don't know that that would necessarily end any games quicker. I think you might still get the six, seven, eight overtime games. Well, I'm going to fix this right now. College football overtime was perfect until they fucked it up with this two point play every time bullshit. It was perfect. It was fine. Start possession at the 25. Both teams get a shot. They swap back offense and defense. Who gets the ball first? Field goal, touchdown, doesn't matter. And after double overtime, then you go to, you have to go for two if you score. I think that was fine. I don't, <laughs> I don't see any reason why they changed it. But the argument is, well, we want to shorten up the game for player safety. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But I don't think the, the previous version was perfect. I mean, if anything, if you're going to keep that format, I think you have to back it up you know, maybe put it on the 40, you know, it can't be a scenario where you're starting off in chip shot, chip shot, field goal field goal range. Range. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I guess that's my biggest rub with it. Okay. So you would want to, if you kept it the same, you're backing it up or well, kept it the same as it used to be. You're backing it up to like the 40 yard line where it's a, you know, 54 yard field goal. If you don't gain any yards, I think that's, solid. yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think, I don't think that's a bad call. So are, right. are you guys both just like a thousand percent against the idea of a tie? This conversation is going nowhere. I, I don't like ties football. Yeah. I, I personally hate ties. I think it's a, a joke. Like who won? It's not even a sportsmanship things for me. Like, it's just that you don't play that many games in football in a season. And, when you're trying to figure out, you know, record-wise, you know, the winning percentage of a team, it's just it always looks dumb when somebody has a tie. It's like they didn't really win, but they also didn't lose. It's like <laughs> it, it's got to be one way or the other, man. It well, just makes things easier. I'm going to make it easy for you and take a page out of Herm Edwards' book. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. Plain and simple. You just you don't you don't play to tie. You don't show up and you tie. Oh, it's a tie. We both win. No, really, you both fucking lost. So it makes your both your records look like shit. <sighs> well, I'm sorry, Eric. I've got to award commissioner to to Mr. Popovich. Pop Mr. Popovich is now the yeah. new, he's the new commissioner of college football. I'm sorry, but the the 12 team conference realignment. The these weak ass teams get out of there. That that was the kicker, man. That, it's a hard. That was line the tipping point. Was kicking out Vanderbilt. <laughs> yes, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, that, that's Stanford. Fair. You got to go. With that. <laughs> so Tim, you finally won. You finally won a contest, man. You're no yeah, longer I finally the, won something. You're no longer the biggest loser. <laughs> I think my first act as commissioner will be to sign into law that Eric has to go to every USC home game, given <laughs> the background that he I'll has. I'll have my choice of seats chat here. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, be plenty available. Oh man, well, that boys, that was a ton of fun. Uh, do we have anything else on docket before we wrap this thing up? One honorable mention rule change: if Timmy had taken one of my others, would have been that uh, in the event of playoff expansion. Whether it's six teams, eight teams, twelve teams, don't care. Uh, all first round playoff games would be on campus at at the higher seeds home stadium. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you expand, yeah, hard agreement there. I, I think home and I think playoff games on home campuses would be a big money maker for pretty much everybody. I don't. I don't necessarily. I mean, if I'm, you know, I would love a home playoff game in Tuscaloosa. It's two hours away. I mean, if we're playing Ohio State there. Shit, even if I don't go to the game, I could just go and enjoy the atmosphere. But if it's in fucking San Francisco, California, I'm not going. I mean, you know, I got shit to do. I can't go. Oh, yeah. So, you, I mean, can you imagine like a, a playoff, a Saturday night playoff game, like, uh, you know, in the big house with all the yellow pom pom? You got 110,000 people in there. Like, that, that would be fun. 
Oh yeah. It'd be tons of fun. Or like a Penn State whiteout. Or a whiteout, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like Georgia versus Penn State in the Beaver Stadium with a whiteout. Oh my God. For the playoff. Right, as opposed be, to like nuts. you know, the Fiesta Bowl where no one in Arizona <laughs> really gives a shit. Yeah. Like, you, don't, you don't like, get the same uh, atmosphere at all. No. Sounds like Jason's uh, loosening up his collar on the old playoff expansion discussion here a little bit. We might be uh, cracking the shell here. Stop it. You know, four is enough. It should be hard. I, I am speaking to if they decide to expand it, which I think inevitably they will. I think that's the way it's headed. I would prefer to keep it at four because I think it should be extremely difficult to get in the playoffs. I think you should pretty much have to go undefeated or have one loss and it needs to be a good loss. I think that's a good thing for football. I don't like rewarding teams that have three losses. I don't think that just because they got hot and beat a team at the end of the year. Well, that's great, but you lost to fucking Stanford in week three. So no, you don't get to go Oregon. I'm looking at you right now, but, uh, playoff expansion that's a whole nother podcast and we'll get to, we'll do that yeah, just treating time. it treating it as an inevitability like when it happens that would be my one thing okay fine expand the playoffs I, whatever just yeah you got to do it on campus right yeah like can you imagine going to like lsu to, for for a playoff game like <sighs> it'd be bonkers geez. yeah it would be it'd be nuts uh well i don't know we'll figure it out as it comes but uh for our listeners, we are going to take next week off because I'm going on fucking vacation and uh, we're not doing a podcast next week. So we're going to take a week off next week and then uh, here in a couple of weeks, we'll be back with you and we'll have a couple of episodes on tap uh, before we get into our season previews. So I don't know about you boys, but uh, it's going to be here before we know it. I'm pretty pumped about it. Yet not soon enough. Yep, no, definitely not. Uh, in the meantime, the Braves look like shit. But you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. We'd like to thank our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. And we will be back with you here in a couple of weeks. And until then, stay safe, take care, and see you then. Later. Peace. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Later.